0: Hello, this is Tom Pasello, the ROI guy, and welcome to the Evolvers Podcast. My guest today is Paul Mosenson. He's an experienced thirty-plus year marketing expert with a strong track record of delivering robust revenue performance for marketing efforts covering both B two B and e-commerce. He's currently the president and founder of New Spark Consulting, and they are a provider of marketing consulting and fractional CMO services. And many of you may know Paul from his popular podcast, Fix the Convince, Marketing Optimization. And I'm happy to have him as a guest on the Evolver's podcast today to talk about how to market successfully through these uncertain times. Paul, welcome. Hey, Tom. How are you? Thanks for having me. Thanks so much for being here with us. So as a marketer, these are certainly interesting times. What are you seeing out there?
1: outside my window, uh, just kidding. No,
0: <laughs> I know because we're all working from home. So that's the first thing. That's right. Oh, absolutely. Uh, but seriously,
1: there's a lot of things going on, you know, some my own observations and others just based on reading blogs and articles and things like that. But yeah, there's a list of things in no particular order, except the order the way I am saying them, which is, uh, I mean, there's a shift in priorities and strategies and, and that's really, uh, Something to think about because obviously business has changed and you still want to keep your name out there. And we'll talk about that. Um, some companies do have a lack of bandwidth to create new content right now with uh, layoffs and just going through different transitions. Budgets are being realigned. You know, we, you know the virtual, I mean, the events, trade shows, conferences have been uh, now put on hold. You know, people have to manage remote teams, of course, and figure all that out and have the right software like Zoom or others. Mm -hmm. Uh, They might want to think about virtual events to stay in front of their customers, which I'm seeing a lot of that lately. Uh, I would say, uh, you know, to be honest, there's probably going to be a decrease in deal closes and conversion rates on your website, depending on what your offers are, especially Mm -hmm. during this downturn. You know, and you've seen this, like, seem to be every LinkedIn message about <laughs> shifting your offer tone from uh, an urgency to learn, and, and that is support because people don't want to be hard sold right now, mm-hmm. but uh, they're open to learning. And, you know, maintaining a positive approach. It's not the end of the world, uh, as we know it. That's a song, isn't it? But, um, The end of the world as
0: we know it, exactly. Yeah. Well, You'll find. You got it. Yeah, but I think maintaining that positive mindset through all of these changes is important. And I think there's a lot of opportunity that's going to come from this crisis. You know, if you're able to hunker down and survive through it, there are those that are going to accelerate out of this. And it is going to accelerate transitions in different marketplaces, transitions in companies. And as you're indicating here, definitely a big transition in marketing strategies and tactics.
1: Yeah, I mean, it, it'll evolve, testing. I mean, we are just in the middle of figuring it out, what makes sense. You know, a lot of companies have a head start, you know, doing the virtual events, other ones have to figure it out, especially when you're a be commerce and you're still trying to sell products to plants and factories and things like that, mm-hmm. and, and what happens there. So uh, a lot of things to think about for sure.
0: Absolutely, so let's talk first kind of early in the, the t- and top of the funnel, so early when you're trying to reach customers, um, they are distracted, they're trying to figure out where their business is going. What's your strategy advising companies on the leads front? Well, you know, no
1: matter how you look at it, leads are the lifeline of a business. You can't keep, you know, running your business unless new prospects are coming in. Mm-hmm. And buyers are still online learning about solutions. Now, sure, the buying cycle is longer now, as we mentioned earlier. But, you know, it is time to build and enhance your relationships. And really, um, and this is me, though, we're getting a little too many we're there for you rhetoric mm-hmm. out there, right? I agree. You know, I mean, we get it from companies i never even heard of, <laughs> but, um, you know, I think we have to move on and focus on relationship building. That's always been part of marketing anyway, but never more so than today and the next few months or whatever. People are home. They're not traveling as much, but they are still trying to maintain um, being valuable for their business.
0: And that means. And Paul, I actually think there could be yeah. more, more of an opportunity now, right? Because people do have a little bit more time. They're not, you know, stuck in that commute, maybe disconnected. Uh, they're not traveling in airplanes. There is actually, I think, more time for them to pay attention to outreach that's good and positive and valuable. And also, I think, more apt to take meetings. We've seen that a lot more where people have more time to meet. Um, later in the cycle, you might struggle a little bit more with approvals uh, and with budget freezes and embargoes. But I think early in the cycle, there's actually a great opportunity if you're able to have a point of view that may help customers and able to connect with them on that. Like you said, moving the tone from urgency or helpfulness to learn and educate and improve. Yeah, for sure. I mean, think about it.
1: You ha- if a company had a pain point or a business challenge before the pandemic, it's, that hasn't changed. I mean, it's different now, but it's still in people's minds, right? Absolutely. And, and now they have more time to explore the solutions because that's what they need to do with their job is to, no matter how you look at it, you know, make my business more productive, more efficient, ROI, however you look at your own metrics,
0: right? And more yeah. so than ever, Paul, when you think about it, because if you're coming to them with a solution and they can be a champion within their organization, help the company maybe save millions of dollars a year in expenses that they were squandering, or do more with less precious resources, or perhaps help in one of these business transformations that they're they're that are being catalyzed because of this crisis, um, if you're able to tie to one of those big business objectives, I think, and then show a tangible quantifiable improvement, that could be a huge way in with these leads and engagement.
1: Yeah, for sure. You know, it's about being proactive and reactive and and providing value to your team. You know, to be honest, especially if there's anxiety over your job, right? And I'm just saying that, Mm -hmm. you know, you want to keep providing value and, and keep having some kind of momentum with your prospects. That's why you even talk about, you know, your CRM and, you know, you talk about while people are home, now's the time to clean that up maybe, um, Mm -hmm. organize them better, uh, segment them. I mean, you think about it, especially with tools like MediaFly and other tools like that, where you're continuing to engage prospects and clients, upsell, cross-sell, you know, all these kinds of things where people wanna hear from you, you know, they're from home. And if you have a great relationship with your current customers, you know, keep giving them ideas and opportunities.
0: Yeah, what a better time than to do that segmentation and then to create plays uh, around it, right? Look at the use cases for each one of the segments that um, you're trying to help solve their challenges with specific use cases and then develop a play around that and guide your sellers with the marketing outreach as well as the presentation material, demos, and other content they need to execute on those plays to align with those challenges that the buyer's having. And I think the key here is to add value. Paul, I don't know if it's, if it's been this way for you, but on LinkedIn, I've been probably making more connections than ever. Uh, we're a connection that was made through LinkedIn uh, originally. And um, there are some valuable relationships that are being built there now, but I'm also getting the opposite. I'm getting a lot of low value outreaches, a lot of connect and immediately pitch. Um, what's your advice to help companies avoid that tactic that can actually damage the brand and damage the image because there's a little bit too much of that going on right now. And I think it's because sellers are have more time on their hands too and have to maybe broaden their reach a little bit and they're being extra aggressive, which is a good thing because you want to make sure they're still um, active, but we have to make sure it's pointed in the right direction, that it's empathetic and that it's uh, sensitive at the same time as being value-add. That's a good
1: question. And I'm going to answer it probably uh, this way. I think it starts with leadership. I know what happens, in fact, you know, is that there's still quotas out there and maybe they're getting pressure from sales leadership Mm -hmm. to maintain their numbers, you know, whether it's through phone, email, LinkedIn, whatever because they still have their goals to meet. And and some people may be treating it as a little pressure mm-hmm. to uh, try to make appointments or demos and things like that, because they they know their audience is probably more on LinkedIn now anyway. So I think it's gonna have to be a balance. I mean, listen, we're, <laughs> we're all salespeople, right? You're a salesperson, I'm a salesperson, mm-hmm. generally, because we're selling a service or a product or whatever it is, mm-hmm. and right now, we're trying to evaluate, you know, some people are hungry than others, but again, it goes back to providing value without being over the top. So I think it's, it's testing and and not overdoing it, but seeing maybe s- seeing what messages work better than others. Uh, I, I, yeah, it's, it's not easy. It's definitely not. And you have to like kind of bounce that out. Yeah. Yeah. You don't want to be too pushy, but yeah, I like your
0: you're pointing to the leadership, and I do think that in times like these, everyone is going to be under more pressure than ever, and you will need a bigger pipeline to ultimately hit your numbers. So the goals are understood, but at the same time, I think you have to, in leadership, make sure that you're not putting undue pressure and monitoring so that all of the outreaches are value add, that you're building and making relationships, not just spraying and praying that something is going to work with these low value outreaches that in my mind are, are ruining the brand and ruining the connections that could be possible if there were some value portrayed. Now, I know one of the things that you um, encourage companies to do is to get their strategy right is something you call a marketing optimati- optimization audit. Mar- marketing optimization audit, I'll say mm-hmm. it right. <laughs> um, what, what the heck is that? and and why is it valuable?
1: Well, we talk about how important leads are and for any company really, but here's the thing, if you're in a business that you've been, maybe even before the pandemic, you've been kind of flatlining or even trending down, your competitors are being more aggressive, you know, really now's the time to sit back, I mean, as a leadership team you know, C-level, VP of marketing, sales, whatever combination and kind of start assessing what we did right and maybe what we could do better. Mm-hmm. Because when you do all of that, you start setting the stage for improvements that you can make to your messaging, website, strategy, whatever. Uh, to do that now so that when things open up, you have a head start to uh, versus your competitors, because you've already done those optimizations and you've evaluated it. Mm -hmm. I mean, I could go through uh, some key elements of that.
0: Absolutely, just before you do that though, I think you're right that, you know, when you think about personal strife and other things like that, you know, through a challenge is a perfect time to reassess and to reinvent yourself. And I think that you're so right through this, don't just keep doing the same things that you're doing today and doing them harder, faster, you've got to almost reassess and say, okay, we'll reinforce the things that are working, but there's probably a lot of things that aren't working. And what better time through this crisis and hangover than to get it right? You know, let's, let's really change and reinvent some of the ways that we're going to market, some of the ways that we're selling, rethink those things, and be able to accelerate through this downturn as opposed to the opposite where there are companies that are, that are you know, we had a, a saying, I used to um, be a driving instructor for high performance racing. And uh, we used to say, you know, if you go into a corner fast, you're gonna come out slow, but if you go in slow, you can come out fast. And it's, it's like that with this crisis. I think if you can go in slow and rethink things, you know, reassess, just as you said, and reimagine, you can come out a lot faster, rather than going in fast with all the activity and just doubling down and working twice, three times, four times harder at the same thing. So I think you are so right about that. So talk about some of the strategies that um, the marketing optimization audit is about. So what are the things that that are entailed in it? Sure, sure.
1: Well, I mean, from a big picture, you know, analytics, your pipeline data, you know, go through what products have worked well, what haven't or services and, you know, look at your lifetime value and and, and start really going through basically the demand waterfall or however we want to call it, right? Which is the uh, pipeline metrics of uh, inquiries to leads, to sales and and everything in between to um, to see where you are. It's a benchmark. And then from there, you know, it's it's good to circle back and look at your target audiences mm-hmm. uh, who bought uh, your, your best products. We call it buyer personas, right? And uh, make sure you're, we understand what their pay points were and does your content match up to their pay points. You know, it's time to review and polish these. It, it's how content marketing starts, especially now when we're going to emphasize more helpful content, you know, it's all about problem solving. And that's really a big picture is, am I helping to solve problems? (laughs) And that's what content marketing really is all about, little Mm -hmm. things that build up. And, you know, the other thing about content marketing really is, especially now, is it helps build trust, you know, that you, you understand the issues and you have some solutions for it. So it's really important to think about that. And it also goes back to your website, right? Because then you're trying to make sure, you know, look at your analytics and your messaging and, and do you really, can you really engage prospects with their problems Were Because that's what it's all about. You know, and I always talk about every day about features and benefits. You know, it's not what you do, but it's the value I get because of what you do. Mm-hmm. Help me solve problems. That's value proposition 101,
0: why? Near and dear to my heart. It's not the what, it's the why, definitely. So to recap that a little bit, look at the portfolio of solutions, Uh, look and examine at the target audience, look at the tactics, your go-to-market campaigns, your content, make sure those align to problem solving. And then make sure that the vehicles of transmitting that, the web, social, your presentations, your marketing content are aligned back to that to talk a lot more about the problem solving and the why than about the what. Uh, But I like the, the tactic of going back and kind of revisiting the solution portfolio to see what's working, what's not working. Maybe the target list of customers, maybe now it's time to Focus a little bit more on enterprise versus broader market appeal for some companies. Maybe it's more important to focus on certain industries than others. Uh, focus on the products that are working and that are less expensive, easier to sell. Uh, and so, I, I like some of that. Just even foundational revisiting that you're talking about, Paul. Yeah, for sure.
1: I mean, I mean, there's so much you can assess, right? You know, we you know, like you said the channels, um, search. Display Mm -hmm. email campaigns, social media campaigns, and you know some are going to be bottom funnel leads and mid funnel leads, and you got to measure them appropriately. But you know, and you find gaps and where did you, wait, you have the wasteful spending in the past. You know what has worked, what Mm -hmm. hasn't worked, and I understand that it's it's not a simple process; it can be complicated. But uh, you want to make sure you're spending the money in the right place, and you know we do this for clients and. It's You you still want to have, the the bottom line is better, more efficient uh, campaign performance.
0: Yeah, and you're going to need that efficiency. Um, That's what executives are looking for. In fact, when we took a look at kind of the prospect and customer organizations, and PwC did a great study recently, and these studies are being done like every other week to keep a real pulse on where CFOs are going. And they interviewed over 300 execs in this one week, Um, and this was just... uh, two weeks ago, and it said CFOs are canceling or postponing planned investments, and two-thirds of the CFOs, CEOs, and executives says that's what they're doing. They're canceling or postponing planned investments, and almost all of them indicated that any kind of discretionary spending is being cut substantially. So that's the environment that we're marketing and selling into. Um, you know, you talked about a little bit about value as being the focus and problem solving as the focus. How should your messaging pivot to meet this new, you know, I call it frugalnomics, a frugal audience. Um, how do you suggest companies pivot their messaging at this time to meet these very frugal buyers that are being created through this crisis?
1: Well, yeah, it, 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 that's, a, that's a topic that's uh, really uh, gotten a lot of play on social media and everything know the the pivoting scenario Mm
0: -hmm.
1: but you know excuse me we talk about companies that are not doing trade shows right so but they still want to say in front of their customers so with email marketing content online advertising and remember like we said before these guys aren't ready to buy yet but they're craving information
0: yeah
1: and uh, you know again looking at the messaging your content, your white papers, your webinars, can you use them again? Is it time to repurpose them for today's world? You know, how do they, how do they work? Can you look, it's part of the assessment really is, have you had enough downloads of these things? Um, Or maybe test new offers, things like that. But you have to reevaluate all this stuff. Your email nurture campaigns have to be changed because they probably need to be a little less pushy as well. But again, it goes back to those words, educational value, right? Yeah. Uh, really be interesting, you know, and that's the thing with any kind of marketing. You know what, you know what attracts people? You know, I like to say this, it's, it's, huh, that's what I want is a huh, right? That's how you attract people. Mm, hmm. Mm, interesting. But interesting from a business context, because you know, we're all about what makes me click, right? That's, that's where, Demand generation starts is, and your message, your offers, whatever it is. That's interesting. You made me click, right? Yeah. And, and, you know, so, um, but experiment, you know, video, people like want to see people. I know like mm-hmm. programs like Vidyard and other ones uh, have a pretty robust video opportunity to not just read words, but see people and talk about things that are going on. So you yep. can test that. Um, but, you know, with people more in social media, yeah, um, LinkedIn, Facebook, I mean, I'm seeing a lot of that myself right now is a lot more marketing, messaging and downloads and guides because, you know, th- th- they want to get people into their funnel and, and start communicating to them.
0: Yeah. I think the secret there is, and we talked about the sellers that we're seeing who were just hawking on... LinkedIn, we've seen a lot of marketers double down on this hawking kind of concept. I liken it to the, you know, the automotive dealer that puts up the, the floppy inflatable or the guy on the corner spinning a sign, you know, those kind of tactics through this, doing more of those, those shiny objects, I don't think works. I think like you said, you've got to be interesting, not be louder. And I think that's really important because loud will not be effective in this new environment. People will see through it instantly, not give you the time of day or engage very quickly and then disengage and be more pissed off because their time is more precious than ever right now. So I think that the aspect of being interesting is really good. The other advice that we like to to do is move from pitching. Don't pitch anything, don't offer anything, but move to purpose move to helping the company that you're engaging with and Mm -hmm. helping every person that you're meeting with. Mm -hmm. And some new tactics I've seen that that are interesting are these kind of virtual meetups um, where you're getting community members together to collaborate, right? And you're facilitating those. So kind of virtual cocktail hours is a neat way to do it. Value-added webinars, but trying to make them more interactive, less um, presenty and more engaging from a, a collaborative standpoint. So I think there's a new era of collaboration and um, purpose that we're gonna see. And I think that doubling down on some of these older tactics of making a lot of noise, I think can be destructive through this and highly encouraging anyone that that listens to me to, to be that way. Paul, any advice there for for somebody?
1: Well, it's interesting you talk about that because I think it depends on the context, right? Because, well, typically in marketing, how do you grab attention is, you know, something that stands out, you know, your eyeballs. You only have a few short seconds if you're mm-hmm. on a website. You know, you think about it, we're at, you know, this is kind of a little interesting though, but a lot of times we're at the mercy of the scroll, Right. You know, your ad could be one scroll below, but you did five scrolls on Facebook or LinkedIn and you were done, right? Yeah. So so sometimes if there's like any kind of marketing, you know, creativity is interesting. And I think that's the the fine line here, you know, not being over the top, but I think it's okay to be creative because Mm -hmm. people do want to be entertained in this, you know? And so I think it has to be delicate. But also like marketing 101, it should stand out. Because I always say back in the media business, bring them in with creativity, bring them out with engagement, right? So Excellent. Advice. And 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 so that's white papers, offers, whatever it is. Uh you know, that's part of the, the attraction science, as I call it. But yeah, you have educational content. But again, it goes back to leadership because. Did you, did you get some names this week? Did you get some appointment? You know, and, and mm-hmm. it, every company will have its own philosophy. Like what is the metrics? What is the quota you're going to get now?
0: Yeah. Uh, but if we, it's just a numbers game, it yeah. may lead you down the wrong path as opposed to a quality game, right? Which it almost needs to switch to right now.
1: Yeah. Yeah. But I'm saying that I think it's okay to offer a free trial and demo, um, but do it delicately. Like, hey, mm-hmm. this is interesting. And you might instead of pushing it down with free trial, you know, that kind of thing, maybe it's uh, more of a a softer sell, but you still want to create those relationships. And like I said, buyers are home and I mentioned they have their jobs. They want to bring value Mm -hmm. to their stakeholders and uh, finding tools and products that can make their firms more productive and profitable. Maybe not now, but later, because if you're not doing it, your competitors might, and then you're going to be lost. I mean, even if you're, um, you know if people are looking actively looking for a solution, they never pick one company. I mean, your goal is to be on the short list, maybe mm-hmm. the top three. they may not be ready to buy yet, but you're bookmarked, and you're getting helpful content out there so that when people
0: are ready they'll come back to you and say, "Okay, let's go a little further with this yep, and you've helped to educate them and maybe even frame it their way. But you do point out something that Is important that you do have to stand out in these times, and there is a very short attention span. People are probably, you know, if you look at your screen time on your iPhone, um, it's probably up for most people because we're looking for um, personal content. We're on our phones a lot more just to try to keep ourselves busy through this, and so it's hard to break through. Short attention span theater reigns, and you know when we look at our attention spans. A lot of times, it's less than that of a goldfish nowadays, right? It's it was 13 seconds. Now it's eight seconds, and a goldfish has an attention span. I don't know how they measured this of 10 seconds. Uh, you know, we've we've got less uh, attention span than a goldfish. So being creative and standing out can be difficult. And like you said, it's a balancing act between you want to get the attention, but then you want to make sure that it's not just attention for the sake of attention, that there's actually true engagement to follow.
1: You know, a little sidebar on that, Tom, is email, right? And email's gonna grow because, you know, list building, third-party lists, we won't go there right now, but it's part of a strategy, we'll just say that. And there's people getting lots of emails, you know, the attraction science is about how compelling the subject line is, mm-hmm. right? And. You know, is that creative? Is that compelling? Is, you know, look at the emails you get right now, the ones you open up. And then, you know, again, that's A-B testing, however you want to do it. But, Mm -hmm. you know, right now, if we're saying people are home on social, they're also on the internet and, you know, helpful problem-solving content. Hey, you're invited to a virtual event on how to blank, whatever it is, Mm -hmm. Uh, test and, and, and measure and refine as we get through the pandemic to see uh, which messaging works just like any advertising and marketing
0: yeah absolutely and the ones that i open just from again personal experience are the ones that relate usually to a challenge that i'm having right then and there's usually a narrow list of challenges so you can't give up if you're emailing because eventually your challenge will align with the right audience member or even as my issues change eventually i'll run into that challenge or realize that i should be addressing that challenge the other thing that i find myself opening is a lot of value added content so thinking of creating thought leadership channels for your brand and thought leadership emails that are out there that are maybe not completely branded but more thought you know third-party thought leadership oriented those are the ones that i tend to look at a lot i'm always looking for resources and advice and content and so the more that you can arm me with those kind of things um, but not have it be maybe company branded, but more leadership branded are yeah. kind of cool. Yeah.
1: Yeah, totally agree. And I always recommend that to build content and thought leadership is curated content.
0: Mm-hmm. You
1: know, maybe you, you become, and a lot of companies do this, right? Mm-hmm. They, get, they curate the best of the web for a week or something like that. And, yeah. uh, and then put them into their own emails with maybe a, one of their own and uh, maybe a little bit of an offer in there somewhere. (laughs) um, Exactly.
0: But uh, I tend to open those. I tend to look through. I tend to click through every once in a while when there's an interesting article. So, and I don't think I'm that atypical. No,
1: I mean, you should always have your favorite blogs and things like that anyway. And Mm -hmm. if this is helpful content, then, you know, you'll make sure you read that. And, you know, it's kind of, it's it's what social media was all about anyway, is pairing up you know, before back before social media, I'm a little fun here, like in the advertising business. Boy, you would never share anybody else's offers and, and advertising strategies. That's mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, and now like here, here's look what everybody else is doing, right? You know, yeah. we're sharing good stuff. I didn't write it, but I'm sharing it. So yeah. the fact that I shared it brands me that I know it, right? So yeah. it's it's kind of one of these weird uh ironies, I guess, of <laughs> of social sharing and things like that, but but it's effective.
0: Awesome, so what's the one piece of advice, if you had to distill all this great stuff we've chatted about from the, uh, you know, the, the marketing audit to uh, marketing optimization audit to um, kind of moving from pitch to purpose and solving problems, what's the one piece of advice you'd like to leave the Evolver audience with today?
1: Hang in there. <laughs> um, the fact that it's better be proactive And reactive, have a plan. What are you going to do? We've been the whole theme of this uh, conversation is education, with maybe a touch of an offer. But how to um, have a plan and make sure everybody's on the same page? Your leadership team, it goes through the whole company of how you're communicating the prospects and clients. Uh, If you if you delay your marketing optimization, then you're just gonna be way back there because your competitors are doing it. Mm-hmm. And when things open up, guess who's gonna get the business? So, I mean, really now's the time to, uh, you know, with anything in a company, your sales strategy, e-commerce, SEO, I mean, whatever you wanna talk about here is like the timing is not when the timing is when soon really because if not then you're just going to lose so just yeah. things to think about
0: if not now when definitely i think on the leadership side don't keep you know whipping everyone to just produce more I'll rethink and view this as a great time to optimize the business
1: Sure, sure. Re- you have to reevaluate quotas, mm-hmm. and 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 nobody really knows what that is. You almost have to be flexible along the way to see uh, what kind of engagement you get from people. So, Excellent. Paul, thank you so so much. Sure thing, sure thing. This is very interesting, and uh, um, everybody hang in there, okay? <laughs> I mean, uh, this Absolutely, is, we will
0: get through it. And, lots and, of change. So. Yeah, and I think some are going to be very much more successful coming out of this the other end. And I think, like you said, those that are revisiting their business, looking to optimize through this are going to be the successful ones. Paul Mosenson, president yes. and founder of New Spark Consulting. We will include your LinkedIn address as part of this post so people can uh, reach out to you. And I encourage everyone, Fix the Convince Marketing Optimization. optimization, Sorry. Fix the Convince Marketing Optimization. That's Paul's podcast. Uh, Check it out. Thanks so much, Paul.
1: Thanks, Tom. Appreciate it.